0: And welcome everyone to the 2022 NACAFA football season. I'm Wayne Jacobs and welcome back to our podcast series, NACAFA, our huddle includes everyone. And to kick off the 2022 podcast series, we decided, you know what, why don't we start at the top with the NACAFA president, also Gatineau Vikings president, Gowan Harding. Gowan Harding coming up just after the pause. Gowan Harding.
1: I'm on. Phone set up all wrong.
0: Yeah, no problem. No, always, you know, as as we get more uh, technologically savvy or technologically advanced, I think there's more room for hiccups. So I always say, "2022 uh, technology at its finest." How are you, my man?
1: I'm doing well this morning. It's hot, and it's not raining on me, so I'm always good to go.
0: No, tell me about it. Like I said, yeah. it's been an interesting summer, and uh, and quite frankly, as I've uh, as I've often said to people, I mean, it is what it is. But I, you got to love that the uh, unpredictability of the great Canadian summer, man.
1: Yeah, you got it right. You got it right. And we're getting ready here in Ottawa to kick off our sixty seventh season in the calf of football. So we've got a couple of games this weekend and then we're we go right into it and play the whole season and end up with a fall championship and an interprovincial bowl game so a lot to look forward to in our in when i think about how long and consistent uh Kappa has been 67 years and i'm i'm lucky to just be a part of it
0: that's no, awesome and you know what that's a perfect segue but before i jump into that i will yeah uh, i actually just want to kind of backtrack a little and I know um, just in, in terms of I've known uh, full disclosure for our listeners. I've known Gowan for a while now, and I mean I, you've always struck me as somebody that probably grew up more of a fan of say Yuppie and the Expos or maybe the Impact or or even maybe uh, you know Ken Dryden or Buddy Larocque as as opposed to Jerry Ditilio to uh, to Nicaraki type of thing. So how did how did a guy with a, a, a soccer hockey background, um, well, first off, well, you know what, real quickly, why don't you tell us a bit about your background growing up and then how it became that you uh, all of a sudden transitioned to football?
1: So it's interesting. You're right. I grew up in East End Montreal. Uh, my father came to this country to teach, Played professional soccer. So, you know, growing up, we got a lot of soccer uh, in the house in, in East End Montreal. There was no youth football. So I played it baseball, baseball lacrosse, lacrosse soccer uh tried basketball but i was terrible i always tell the joke about how i tried to play a game but, but we, we abandoned it after two and a half hours <laughs> so <laughs> I, I even played team handball uh played soccer was Alec- our national team. team uh played hockey with vincent down and luke robitaille uh, was always really good, really athletic, but I never got to let's say that next next level. And I think that taught me that uh, this game is more than just progressing; it's actually the bonds and the family you meet and and the coaches you get. So I grew up really, af- you know, sport was my big big part of my life. Every summer, you know, we used to have baseball games in the East End, where you know you'd go to a park and there'd be. 22 guys waiting to play baseball for six hours and you just played and and that whole for themselves as well is, is having these great local coaches and I grew up starting hockey and sports in a in a club in Montreal called the East End and near the Olympic Open. Stadium and it was the Anglophone sort of sporting club for all of East End Montreal and I think those guys were a real as I get feel- older, I didn't know it at the time, Wayne, and I'm sure you've and other people listening have felt the same thing. I don't think we can rename every coach we ever had, or every manager was there, or every every adult who gave us a lift. I I, I definitely can't. But now that I'm, you know, an older gentleman, will say I'm 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 realizing that uh, I'm doing the same work that was done for me when I was eight or nine years old. So, um, how I got involved in football. Interesting. Um, my sons wanted to get involved. They'd played hockey. They weren't the right body shape. And being uh, <laughs> a, a, a soccer coach, my coach was the Ottawa Fury. I had my professional coaching licenses, went to two national championships, taking teams from from Almer and Hull, small little teams. And, and we did really well. We, over, we overreached. But um, they were like, yeah, we want to do something, but we don't want to play hockey anymore. Hockey's out for us. It's just not our game. I said, okay, well, what do you want to do? And my oldest son basically said, well, let's try football. And I was like, whoa, okay, you choose the one sport I literally know nothing about, or I don't know anyone in it. So we picked up the phone, and we started making phone calls, and uh, we finally found this club, the East Ottawa Generals, and uh, we went. I never looked back. back. I, I make the joke. Thank God they didn't pick water polo. Because my life would have been swimming pools and chlorine. <laughs> so at least at least I got green grass, right? And outdoors. So I became the chauffeur. And I, and, uh, I and then through the East Ottawa Generals, I became their trainer. And then I became their tight coach and their mosquito coach. And then me and three other guys, uh, Barry Roger was one of them, uh, decided to start up the Gatineau Vikings in 2006. So we basically started out of his basement. And I, I learned, learned the ropes rope. from day one, you know, making sure you, you had enough money coming in to make sure you paid off Riddell for the equipment. Uh, the city didn't want to talk to us. And here we are 17 years later. And, you know, we're we're a grand partner now. It was in, all, in Gatineau, sorry. And we get a whole bunch feel of turf. Terrific. We have school boards. But it's been a long Seventeen years of uh sweat equity. So when I meet people, Wayne like put in what I like to refer as sweat equity, they're my friend instantaneously. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, understandable. It's amazing because you don't realize how much time's passed. And when you're kind of going through the timeline there, yeah. Um man, it's 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 been ten, it's you know, it's it's well going on ten, I think it's nine, ten years since uh you and I first met. Yeah. Um Vikings practice when I was finishing up on the stage now that's a kind of that's a kind of cool story and I mean the transition because I mean a lot of people it kind of it kind of peaks or caps in the sense that okay yeah I'm the trainer I'll do my time or or yeah, even I'm the coach I'll do my time but I mean truly it was like that it was uh you know basically from 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 trainer to to, to coach to, to starting a club so that's some interesting stuff so I mean that fast forward is to now and I'll kind of ask you the, uh, you know, talking of the two clubs simultaneously because you're running that. Um, what what are some of the differences you've seen now, not just for Engadino but it, with the uh, with the cafe in general in those fifteen or sorry seventeen years of the Vikings' existence? Anything jump oh, out at
1: you? I'll tell you something. I I really don't think the clubs and the people involved in it and their intentions have changed. That's mm-hmm. been the most thing. How you know? I fell in love with this sport. I really, really do love this sport because the people involved in this sport are really, really good people. You know, they they put the kids first, they put the community first, and they they build these clubs, and it's all about getting as many kids playing the sport as possible. You know, I I, I was involved in soccer at an elite level where it was all about the elite athlete and getting that right body shape was the right speed and the right... And I know that happens at university and stuff, but... I could tell you that happens in hockey. And... About eight, nine years old. In football, I mean, let's face it, and, and I'm going to probably upset a few people. We are nerds. We are athletic nerds when you look at us. We are not the right – there's not one body shape. I mean, we've got big people. We've got small people. we got fast people. We'll accept absolutely everybody. and And I think that whole thing is really – endeared the sport to me where i can see that like when i'm coaching tyke and i get this big told not to push anyone because he's gonna hurt them and he's quiet and he's soft-spoken and i and then we get this little you know three foot eight fireball running around right and it's you put them all on the same team and we kind of we kind of work and and so i i think that has never changed since, Since you know the CAF has started in 1955, <laughs> what I think has changed, Wayne, is social media. I think the the that social media, media can bring to teams and players and stuff like that. There are times I don't think we've gotten control of it. And I think we're still trying to figure it out. The thing about it, about it, is, it. is the game and the people have remained the same. Now, we've gotten a lot smarter about how we practice we've gotten a lot smarter about the equipment. And, but again, it's, it's this, the thing I think that's really, if there is a negative thing and it's, it's from my perspective is that me and you could be doing the same thing, Wayne, and we're running clubs and we're getting kids playing and we're running leagues and we're doing all this great stuff. Media creates this animosity between us that we have to compete with each other. And, and, that's what I'm sort of realizing. We are all this. And, and I, I just wish people would would accept the fact that NACAFA is what we are. We're this 55-year-old um, community-based league. And there are other leagues in the city that, you know, are doing different things. But at the end of the day, we're all getting kids to play football. And we're all getting them to grow. We're all teaching them that same lesson of hard work and community and teamwork and accepting everyone for who they are, regardless of what they do, where they come from. So I think that's been the big change is, is this outside pressure. And, and we just got to handle it. No, it's a
0: shame because I mean you see that in all aspects of life with social media. I mean, um, particularly in the younger set, where it's—I don't even want to say that anymore because I think it's permeated across the board, all generations. But where it's almost like, okay, well, I feel inferior, or I feel like I'm not doing this because so and so has posted these vacation pictures, or them doing this, or it's like you said, it's all of a sudden it's it's a non-reality world that you become, that you start becoming competitive in or competing. And and it's a shame when I hear you talk about that because I know you and I have talked about that message before, and I mean I it's like you said where you can't name every coach, but um, one of the things I find fortunately unfortunately is though, I can rem- I remember two genres of coaches if you will or two genres of clubs. I remember the really good ones, and unfortunately, I remember the really bad ones. Um, you know, in the sense you kind of retain negative memories type of thing. And, I mean, one of the things I was very fortunate um, when in my playing days was to, you know, for the most part, not always like this, but for the most part, surrounded with people that had kind of the similar mentality to what you're talking about right now, where, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, um, you're going to have your, your elite-level athletes in every sport, and you're going to have the kids that, that pass through. And it's like I remember doing an interview with um, – with the TV channel at one of the TV stations locally here. This was about 10 years ago with uh, three or four significant quarterbacks. I mean, they all went on, uh, they went on to, some went on to play in the U S one was team Quebec. And, and, and I mean, I made it crystal clear to the people I was talking to. I said, you know what? I like to think I had a helping hand. I like to think I, I provided some type degree of, of, of coaching service and guidance to these young men, but had they never met Wayne Jacobs, they'd be where they're at right now and let's not lose sight of that like it's it's, it's our job to kind of to, to kind of harness this and if you will guide them as opposed to try to take credit try to uh, you know what i mean build this uber competitive nature or try to spit out say uh, nfl football players because it's just not the reality and um and one of the things that's always bothered me when i see some of these um some of these camps popping up some of these football camps. i mean and again they're not all the same some are different but I've actually seen the attention given. And I mean, if you have the frame or the speed or whatnot of an elite level uh, player, which is rare, um, then all the attention's given to you. And the young man or young woman that just doesn't happen to have like... Uh, university potential but loves the game and wants to play as long as they play kind of falls by the wayside. So I think it's important that you kind of reinforce this message that you're, you're giving right now because there's so many kids out there. I mean, heck, you talked about soccer. I played soccer. I love soccer. At no point did I want to be a pro soccer player. At no point did I have a chance to be a pro soccer player. Nobody was mistaken my soccer skill with the, with the future Maradona or Messi. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I have great memories. You know, It was just well, a lot of fun to do.
1: That's the big thing I, and I come, come into contact with now. It was a little bit more experience that I've had this life trip. It is look, you know, um, you, memories. You, you know, never forget that that you're in the business of that kid. That first time he comes out to a football field as a nine year old. That first time that they experience the game of tackle football. You are creating a memory for that kid. And that memory is going Like to- I look at all those coaches, Wayne, and I don't remember their name that gave me the lift and blah, blah, blah. They obviously ingrained something in me that – To do this. Right? And, and to get more kids playing and to create these really fun, happy places. So I, I really think people have – like I said an- – this driven of, of winning a championship is intensified of, of being the kid that gets seen here or the kid that gets seen there. So I'm, I'm cause I can't I really name drop a lot when it comes to football, but I had two sons who were pretty good football players in their teens and they were being recruited by a, a few places. And we got recruited by Trinity college uh, school in Port Hope. And we went mm-hmm. to meet the coach and the coach was this guy, you may know of him, his name was Adam Rita. And I was completely like, you know, wow, Adam Rita is sitting here talking to me and my sons and my sons didn't really know who he was. Right. And it was awesome, right? Like I'm looking at this, this Canadian football league legend and and the whole bit and, and my sons are, and he had a really good conversation. And for the first time in my son's lives, I saw a light bulb go, go off because Because Coach Rita basically asked them, all right, when football is over, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Because if you come to this school, we can give you these skills. We can teach you how to get good grades, and we're going to make you a more well-rounded person. Up until that point, the CJEP coaches only about what they wanted them to do on a football field. And so I look at... You know, there's gotta be more to it. And and Coach Rita said that have gone played at played in Michigan State, playing in the CFL, and they're done after six weeks because of an injury. And then they gotta get up. And that's what, what I think we, we lose sight of sometimes, again due to social media, is that we're creating the next group of citizens to hold from us and and do a better job hmm. than, than our generations have. So completely agree like yeah and he, he also said that it doesn't matter really where you play it doesn't matter if if you're on that 808 no eight team or that oh and eight team coaches are coming in to look at you as an individual as a well-rounded individual they're just not looking at oh that guy's won a trophy oh that guy had seven thousand. Well, you know they never none of that is there so this There's so many good coaches in in this sport. You're a good Uh, quarterback quarterback coaches. coaches. If you're an athlete and you train hard and you work hard, you will get better and you will hopefully get to the next level. Sometimes hard work isn't enough. You know, it comes down to body size and and speed and all that, but that shouldn't prevent you from being the best at like kids have to be, you know, their own goat. Right. And, So it's, it's what we're trying to do at NCAFA at all our levels. Bring your lunchbox, have some fun. And uh, let's see where this ride takes you, period. But anyway, it's, uh, I can go on forever, Wayne. You need to stop me at times.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no. But hey, I could, I, like, you, you you know, I could listen to this or talk football or, or talk NCAFA for that matter for a while. So, no. And, and totally agree with you. And I mean, I've often said, I mean, one of the, I, I tell parents, I go, you know, for me at, at the youth level, a major red flag is when I meet one of these coaches and they're coaching U 12 or they're coaching U 13. And, and if I see one of the big red flags is when they start telling me about the championships they've won um with 12 and 13 year olds and and 14 year olds because right there i mean again i think part of the uh, somewhere along the uh, the way what's happened and i mean one of my favorite coaches i still remember him to this day simply because i look back and how key was developed in my development not just in life or not just in football rather but in life as well but i'll stick to the football portion whereas this is somebody who actually Cared and took the time to prep me outside of what we were doing to potentially play at the next level, as opposed to say, "Hey, you know what? So and so is the best athlete in the city, so we're just going to toss him the ball 30 times, right? um, And I'm going to be coach of the year, and you 11 other guys aren't going to learn anything." Like, I mean, you know the story I'm about to tell, and I won't name drop or name the guy, (laughs) although all the all the active participants are well out of the. This is going back now six, seven years. I mean, I think. I bumped into one of the kids. He's graduated from university, so this is going back a while ago. This is more than six, seven years, about eight years. And I took over a Peewee team, and um, and I'm watching this Peewee team. And at one point, they're um, they're 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 winning, like they're going to the A final, or they're losing it, or they're winning it. And 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 I didn't, sorry, I didn't take over the team. I helped out, and I simply said, I go, listen, um, there's a player on this team right now that that's the only reason you guys are having success. You're having it and on top of it. You're not coaching these kids. You're, the kids are having fun because they're winning. And I mean, ultimately winning is kind of fun, but they're not learning anything. And if, if this stops, they're all going to stop playing because they haven't learned the base skill set, nor are they going to be prepped to keep climbing levels. Eventually it's going to catch up to them that all you're doing is, okay, we'll toss it to this guy, toss that guy, get a lead. And then you other kids get a shot. And sure enough, this young man is, it was, and he was, you know, a, 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 a once in a in a uh, every four year type of athlete in Ottawa type of thing. So he went on to play NCAA Division One, left much like your your sons did, went to a, a a prep school. This one in the states and that club that was used to going eight and 0, 8 and 0, 7 and one, all of a sudden went one and seven the very next year. And they, you had a bunch of coaches who were geniuses that were just blankers because these kids hadn't been prepped. And then the saddest point—it's not even the record because I knew some of the parents involved and stuff. So the saddest point is you had this core of kids who had played for four years together. At least a dozen of them quit after the one in seven season. Right. And so you, you've lost these. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, you, you can't. You know, listen, we could talk here all day about how to how to develop players, but if you think you're going to develop players because you're. and and your record is 8-0, and you're not developing kids. It's, you know, not every, let's, you know, you've been at the university level. University University coach comes in to look at a a midget team. Are they looking to sign 32 players off of that team? Or are they looking to sign players that and fit what they need to uh, fill behind whoever's playing uh, starting right now? This idea that, oh, I need to go play because I'm going to be seen or, or I need to play in this league, I need to win this championship. You're missing the mark again. It's you as an athlete need to develop yourself. And you know, if you're going to and you probably agree, if you're at Midget and you're going to be the backup quarterback and not get game film or get
0: it, you're not going to you're, not, you're
1: not, gonna probably you're limiting yourself. At the same time, if you're coaching a Midget team and you're winning 30 nothing in the second half, and you're not playing your backups, then you as a coach, and this is where I find is it gets a little sad, is that you as a coach now are limiting those, Especially when you see it at Mosquito, it's going to be an interesting experiment in the CAFA this year, because we've got rid of the minimum play, and we've gotten <laughs> rid of the the, the two-platoon system. So, you know, those coaches, like you said, are going to ride one player to an 8-0 record uh, at Mosquito and, and, let's say, play percent of the team 95 percent of the time you're not developing kids you know and, and all you're doing is that you're you know like i can mosquito coaches coach. this weekend whatever we do this year at the end of it one team one group of coaches is going to take home and i want to emphasize this word, a child's trophy that <laughs> it is a youth trophy it is actually a child's trophy and minute you can get past that as a coach coaching soccer, soccer I-, I wanted to win more than anything else all right I want I thought that was a measure of success and I've learned by having my how many kids come play through the every year and you know the lessons you're teaching those kids is lessons no matter what they do whether it's professional football university football whether they get into university and they become doctors and lawyers or they 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 go to Algonquin and they and they become an apprentice and then the next thing you know they're running their own business like these are the kind of things that we're supposed um Um, every every year in the CAFA there are 13 associations every league on the planet guess what there's only one team that can and guess what? Every other team's journey has not been a waste because they didn't win that championship. Actually, those other journeys can be a lot more rewarding than the championship journey. You know, I love seeing kids, and this sounds terrible, but I love seeing kids fail, and then getting up and then doing it again and trying and and trying to get better. I don't like it, like that team that you said that was you know eight and zero oh and went one and seven and half the kids quit. They missed a me. really big learning experience in there, right? Which oh, I'm is, with you on that. It's okay to lose, man. You're, someone's going to lose every game. There's going to be half, half are going to win, half are going to lose. All that means is you've got to get better, right? And go out and get an ice cream and start it. So, it's, uh, it's, anyway, it's a big pet peeve of mine, and you've hit on it. And we can talk about it all day. My other big pet peeve is tense. Get
0: there yeah <laughs> well it's funny because i uh, i remember something i think it was you posted it a couple of times and i've seen the meme and i forget which pro athlete but it was an ex-pros coaching now or some coaches kids and it's hilarious because it's just one of those things in in, in modern day uh, vernacular or whatever it's like uh He's saying, uh, you know, my he's po- reposting something where a devastating loss for a U twelve team. Yeah, he's just like you know what there's, there's, there's no such thing as a devastating loss for an eleven year old. Go get them a snow cone or some ice cream or uh, some McDo, and uh, well,
1: and, and that's, life will be good. That's that's one hundred percent true. And and another part that I think anyone who gets involved in coaching youth sports. I remember uh, my sons were going to play hockey, so I was going to be active. I'd played hockey all my life, so I was going to coach. And I get sit in this room with this guy, and it's training for the youngest level of uh, hockey coaches in Quebec. My name in 1979. I played for Marcel Terrier and the Trois-Rivières Drivers. Uh, we won the Quebec League. I was the... I was the top scorer in Quebec. I scored 76 goals that year. Uh, blah 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 he's at the my I went up to the, the NHL NFL. first practice in the rookie game Marcel Therrien is now the head coach of the Quebec Nordique sends over a kid from the Western Hockey League as soon Good. as a puck dropped this guy drops a glove beats me into a pulp at the end of the practice Marcel Therrien who'd been my coach in Quebec for three years comes I just showed you something. What did you show me? You're not tough enough to play in this league. Thanks for coming out. And it was that cut and dry. And he's. I'm, I'm coaching now. I've been coaching. I went to Europe to play, and here I am coaching in Quebec. And guess what I'm doing? I'm coaching you guys how to coach kids. Montreal Canadians are not calling me. I am not being called by the Montreal Canadiens to coach, even though I'm the top you've coached in this province. So if you think coaching eight-year-old boys in hockey is the Montreal Canadians, I really wish you'd just leave now and save us all the trouble. I think people have to realize that if you're coaching kids, you're doing it for a reason. Either you have your kids on board or I'm coaching tight this year. Have a fun experience and to learn and to really fall in love with the sport. So winning can't even become part of the equation. Hopefully, Hopefully it's going to be us. We all want to win. We all practice, right? We all go to the games and we have a scoreboard, so we're, we're competitive people. But it can't be as, as an, an adult, adult coach, right? Because I think Marv Levy turned 95 this week, Wayne, right? And mm-hmm. Marv Levy coach, how many Super Bowls did he win? <laughs> how many great cups? I know he won a few of those, but would you say mm-hmm. – Coach? Absolutely yeah, not. Exactly. Absolutely not, right? He, he he was everywhere, right? And and so, you know, no. just have fun with it. Make it fun for the people around you. Those are the people who care about you. You know, your players, your parents, they they're the ones who care about what you're doing. Um, some guy living in Toronto who hears that you've won an A Cup, he doesn't care. And you no, know, it's I- a sad thing to say, but you know, who won the, uh, the A cup in 2016 Bantam?
0: Well, I would even, I would, yeah, I would make but the I'll, argument down who, who won the A cup in Bantam 2020 and, or 19, <laughs> sorry, 20 was COVID.
1: I'll tell you know who, can that. I'll tell you who can answer yeah. that. The kids on that team and the coaching staff, the parents in that club. Yeah. And that's your legacy, Wayne. If I, if I, we talk about coaches we grew up with, and we know, you know, um, I'm a coach who, who's in some when I was a younger coach, had a really terrible legacy with some of my players because of the way I spoke to them and the way I taught talk, talked to them, and the way I handled them as a 30 coach. But as a 55 year old coach going on 56, I'm really aware that I, my legacy isn't the record that my legacy is going to be those kids enjoying the sport. And who knows, you know, maybe they're going to want to coach, right? I'm seeing a bunch of kids that played with my, and that to me is like, wow, those organizations that those kids were involved in fantastic. And they're all good people. you right. And, and. Got to be more empathetic, empathetic uh, to everyone. And less result driven, because if we're less results driven, we're going to produce people who are champions within their lives, regardless of what they do, regardless of what they do.
0: A hundred percent Galen. It's sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, no, go ahead. Like I, like I said, I need to catch yeah, my no, breath
0: exactly. One of the things I, I think it's, a, I think it's a really good point you bring up there. Is just I know myself, and I know other coaches that I've talked to, and this is lost on it. And I stress that story I kind of gave at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, if you look at top pro athletes, I'm talking to, so yeah, there were key coaches in their lives, but you know what? If they'd encountered other key coaches, they probably would have got to where they got to because of their work ethic, their drive. Don't get me wrong; these coaches had yeah. a key hand in it. But there, like you said, there are numerous other coaches that could have stepped in and helped. It wasn't like, oh my, oh my gosh, this is the guru. And and so, I mean, I always look like when I look back at my coaching, it's funny you say this, because this is exactly how I feel. I smiled when you said it. When I look at some of my players, I bet players go on to play that I've coached that have uh, gone on to play division one, have gone on to play pro, um, you know, gone on to various things and in those aspects it's like oh cool i'm really happy for him but i'll be honest i feel like i had less of a hand in that than when i talked to that young man who's now 30 and the president of a nakafa club who i coached years ago and right you know you helped mold him now he's giving back or that young man that you coached uh for two or three seasons and you know when you got him he, he was kind of this quiet introvert lacking confidence and then you get a message from him thanking the you know for the two years of football it inspired his confidence and you see that he started a small uh, a small startup in montreal at 27 i mean these are the things where you're grinning from ear to ear and you're like yeah, yeah. you know what i did have a hand in that i did i, I you know that was I I, I think you have more control out of shaping stuff like that than shaping, okay, am I creating the next Peyton Manning or the next Tom Brady? I mean, that's, you know. i got a quick question for you, Gavin.
1: Go ahead, yeah. Sorry,
0: go ahead. No, no,
1: I was going to say, you know, like that's sort of the payback, right, is is, uh, a trophy is going to last you 20 minutes because if you're all about trophies after 20 minutes, you're going to be thinking, this endless hunt for for victory and, and and to to replenish your squads and stuff like that. It's uh but no you're you're so right. When you look back at you know I know who you're talking about, Chris Lalonde and these guys that were came from Nakafa and now are presidents and, and doing unbelievable incredible work in in this city. And, and he's won Wayne, he's won. Pa- Paul Stewart was the, the bell warriors played in this league, right? He's my age. Um, you, you can find these people giving back. And, and the reason they're giving back again is because they have good memories. Like people like you created good memories and, you know, uh, coach trick now, because I know what I was like at 35 as a coach, I would be the first guy to get mad was a, a referee and, and all this. And, the great thing about football is it is the sport of second chances. You can change, and and mm-hmm. if you can change, people forget you're not gonna. We talk about having a memory of a gold a goldfish, right? Which is, yeah, I just got beat on second down. It's third down. I I can't I can't dwell on what just happened. I just got to get better. So yeah, no, it's it's listen. This this whole sport is about belonging. It's about finding a community that accepts you. Going to get, get better, and that's not- how we're going to stay strong. And we can't cast people out and we, we can't criticize people who are doing what we're doing on somewhere else or doing something else. Like, I get asked a lot, Wayne, what do you think of high school football? And I'm like, I love high school football because there are people who going into schools, schools and getting, getting kids to play football. I don't see mm-hmm. high school football as a threat to NACAFA or summer football as a threat. I just think that. They're doing the same thing I'm doing, so why should I dislike that person or, or talk crap about them? Like everyone should be talking everyone else. Sound like I'm some gun- kind gun- of you know, a politician at some point, but this is more important than we can't bring politics into this. We've we've got to support everyone who we think are doing you know this sports work. You know, getting out, getting kids that may not play sport. This sport more than we need them right and yeah. it's exactly what you know I, I like to think and I'm pretty sure that every right now you know we yeah. uh, we just see we I'm allowed to expand um, rosters on teams for for special kids that, that may not be a top player and this year I've been really happy and proud because I think we've we've I've approved four and nice it's what we're supposed to do right and we have this great partner <laughs> in, in oseg that that can help us get kids that don't have enough financial backing to play the sport you know i i um i i, I talked to the city of ottawa about about oseg and about how they revitalize football in the city and 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 how it affected you football and and our numbers are really strong right now. There's a lot of factors in that, but having this pro team and having those guys, we had our tight event this weekend, and they we had 12 Red Docs out, and they were all extraordinarily amazing around our kids. Just, I mean, our kids got to see the dressing room, right? Got a taste of that stadium, got to play on I know we, we have 250 tight kids now that are going to be red-black fans for the rest of their lives and are going to want to play <laughs> for them. But here's the warning. takes one jackass coach to stop that. <laughs> so the next time you're getting yeah, no, mad, you're so right. the next time you're getting out of ma- your you're mad. with it was 12 seconds the in the game, game, that kid didn't step out of bounds, I need to ask you, have you ever told that kid to step out of bounds with 12 seconds left? If you haven't no, told them, You got no issue, man. The kid's doing what he's supposed to do, which is to run to the end zone and score a touchdown, right? And and how about this one, you know, the, the famous Canadian Rouge? How can you be mad at your defense if you've never practiced kicking a ball out of the end zone with no time left on the clock?
0: Right. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I I've said it. It's funny. Cause I mean, yeah. I've coached, you know, me. I've coached everything yeah. from seven to eight year olds to guys that are embarking on pro careers at the university level. Yeah, And I mean, and some of it trickles down and it's funny you bring it up. Cause I actually, like you said, I was coaching uh, junior age the other day. So we're talking 19 to 23. And even at that level, I mean, one of the things we do is a situational period where we're teaching them. And I was, and I'm surprised every time I do it, how many kids are, you know, 19 years old and have no idea because they watch NFL, but they, you know, CFL, some do, some don't. No idea, certain nuances, like, you know what, I don't have to spike it when the clock gets down to two seconds because I'm still going to get this playoff. Um, or the whole I need to step out of bounds or the fact this clock's off so yeah no there's little nuances. well I'll ask you I won't keep up take up too much more of your time I've got um, I've got two last questions all right one, one takes about 10 seconds um, but just you got the games coming up this weekend you're kicking off the 67th uh, the 67th I guess you could say season of NACAF that kicks off this weekend we haven't talked a lot about NACAF, and I'm hoping to have you on as the season progresses again to discuss that. But uh, my question for you here is, what's uh, what's on the horizon for this week? Uh, anything exciting? Anything oh. you're looking forward to? Anything special this uh, season?
1: Big story this year is the fact that we worked with the Eastern Ontario Tackle Officials Asso- Association. It, they've got such a great acronym. It's like 16 letters. But I love them. I love them to death. Um, and we we managed to identify... 16 new referees for them who play bantam or midget football so nice. they have been trained and they're ready like and our mosquito, mosquito games so unbelievable shout out to John pinches who who helped us organize that and just was our, with was our, our was officials association what we've done is that to get these kids to play where the league is picking up their registration so mm-hmm. There's a registration money coming their way to play for free. And they also get paid to do the games. But that has been a real big. Because, because of the, the fact, fact, and this again, it's that one bad parent or that one bad coach that tees off on a referee because there's motion in the backfield and it didn't get called, or something like that. Right. And they lose their heads and they, they tell, call the referee all So So we really have to change the way that we approach refereeing in youth sports. This idea that you're going to go to a game and get into the game and there's a bunch of kids playing that you're going to tee off because you're frustrated at life or you're frustrated somewhere else. We have a crisis in refereeing in every sport. Right across North America, they are they have moved Friday night high school games in places like Texas and Virginia because they don't have enough referees. So they now have games on Thursday night and and Friday night in places like Dallas and Houston, which is insane, right? Wayne, like Friday night, 12,000 people because because of the abuse they're facing. Ottawa wasn't spared with that. You know what? You're not going to get NFL or CFL or we have young kids helping us out this year. Expect to have people who one know who know the rules. Hey, they know the rules. from time to time, and you got to let it go. Because here's the thing, guys: if you're on the sideline and you're yelling at a referee, twenty-seven, and then you got another whole team, so you got fifty-six kids. Listening to you tee off on a referee over a minute something is that saying that there's something wrong with the referee or are you exposing yourself to the entire planet that there may be? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. You know, when no, I no, now no. now that I'm there at, or in my role, I just want to go. I the woman who's, who's yelling screaming. and screaming like it's going to be okay. Let's go get an ice cream. It's going to be okay. It will pass. You know, it will. But I know, I know people put so much time into this and they invest so much time, but we always have to get back, Wayne, in the CAFA. You know, the CAFA exists. We exist to get as many kids playing tackle or flag football as possible. That's our mission statement. Everything else. It's, it's 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 you know icing on the cake right we want to get kids playing and being active so the calf 22 year 67 60. really happy about the young referees coming in uh really gotcha. happy that yeah i know it's a it's a feel-good story here's another great thing our registration numbers last year were off the charts our registration numbers this year are phenomenal 13 associations and I like to look at a board with numbers and spots right so we have five levels of play 13 associations we have three. three empty squares meaning that every club is feeling a level so we've got five time 13 clubs and we only basically have three spots we have one spot at uh Two spots in Bantam that aren't filled. So we're, we're in really good shape. The kids are coming back. Who, you know, the last five years, years to overcome this concussion uh, backlash. Our helmets are better. The way we train our kids, the safe contact. Everyone, Everyone across this country has put in the time and effort to make this game safer. So when the parent comes to me and says, what are you doing about concussions? I can just talk to them for 25, 30 minutes. And then at the end of the day, I'm going to say, you know that there's more concussions than girls. Than tackle, than girls. tackle football. Just going to let you know, man. Uh, Thank right. you. Thanks for coming out, right? Uh,
0: so, <laughs> no, and that's, you know what, that's uh, that's a topic we can discuss next A different episode. day, there's a different couch. day. Yeah, no, no, there's numerous... Uh, numerous challenges well listen gowan i won't keep you any longer I'm... i appreciate your time the only my last question for you is just uh making sure that uh you know i can uh, i'll ask you this straight up can can we get you back on here in a you know in a oh. month's time and just kind of revisit where we're at in the season to discuss some other stuff this has been great
1: oh listen wayne you know i i, I may seem like a quiet demure guy but i'm an opinionated <laughs> I love football I love the coaches I talk to I love the presidents I love everyone because we're all opinionated people and here's the great thing and i, I want people to, to always walk away is that we can disagree about almost everything under the sun but at the end of the day we're all doing God's work <laughs> and we better respect that right so it's uh yeah no I'll, I'll talk about anything and, I, and I, I do have very strong opinions on on coaching and I said tense, so. so we're all good.
0: <laughs> no, good, good, good. Well, listen, Gowan, appreciate you taking the time to uh, to jump on this call here today or on our podcast. And again, great, uh, good, best of luck for the uh, the upcoming season. And like I said, we'll yep. touch base in about a month. See where things are at right with the NACAFA.
1: And, and, uh, and everyone who's stuck around, uh, win or lose, take your kids out for ice cream and just enjoy being around this great sport. Because it's nothing to lose your life over or get upset about. Because there will be tomorrow.
0: No, there will be tomorrow. And I'll add one thing that I've heard a lot of parents in a lot of different sports and they all say the same thing. And I'll kind of sum it up with this is a there will be tomorrow. And the other thing is, you know what? Um, it goes a lot quicker than you think it does. And then all of a sudden you wake up one day and your children are not doing this anymore. And you realize, you know what? The true enjoyment I had was just watching them succeed. But I didn't actually embrace that in the sense that uh, or watching them even compete, not always succeeding. And uh, I was otherwise directed in other things and really didn't take advantage. And now that window's gone. So make sure you're doing that out there. Anyways, Gowan, I very much appreciate your time. Uh, like i said best of luck to all the cafe teams this weekend and the cafe in general and again make sure if you're out there folks you go out and catch your local in team the 67 season the of kicks off this weekend once again thanks to the president of the cafe and the gatineau vikings gowan harding
1: thank and, you very much wayne good luck guys
0: hey thank you again and we'll be uh, right back to kind of sum things up here And once again, a huge thanks to Gowan Harding, president of NACAFA and president of the Gatineau Vikings for jumping on our kickoff podcast of the 2022 season. And of course, a huge thanks to everybody that took the time to to give it a listen. Don't forget, get out there, support your local NACAFA club no matter where you're at, and we'll catch you on the next NACAFA podcast. Our huddle includes everyone. Thanks again for listening.